What makes a thing wrong? Is it wrong if nobody's really getting hurt? If nobody really notices? Maybe you keep the truth from somebody because you don't reckon they can handle it. Is it better off that way? What if it's just because you know they wouldn't do any better knowing the truth and you're perfectly happy keeping it to yourself? That was what used to keep me up those late Lucy nights. When the coldest space felt like it radiated off of the walls. I always reckoned Big Rye would laid awake too. In fact, I convinced myself a couple times I saw the gleam of his eyes in the night. But maybe I was just tricking myself. It's easy to tell yourself you deserve it. That all these other folks have more than their fair share. Meanwhile, you feel like you're working off your rear end night and day nonstop for months or even years just so you can maybe afford a nice place to lay low when you finally escape. Big Rod had it all planned out. He had a reason to be there. He always said when he got off, he'd buy himself a ship. The finest space could offer. Triple masted, double decks, 50 guns. That's what he always said. He used to describe running his hand along the wood-finished rails like he'd walked the deck a thousand times. Like he'd already been there. His passion was infectious. And that's what I thought of all those late Lucy nights when the coldest space felt like it radiated off of the walls. I used to lie there and force a smile as I drifted off to sleep. The image of Big Rod's ship seared into my mind. All his shortcomings aside, both literal and metaphorical, Dick Reynolds was a good man. He treated the folks aboard the Lucy like people, not a common decency among the clientele they serviced. For him, it was all about the game, and anybody who was willing to share in that experience was alright in his book. He'd grab a bartender and tell him to blow on his dice or yell for the band to give him a drum roll. As a result, everybody loved him. I've got no doubts that the upper echelons had their reservations, but I'm sure I even saw them crack a smile whenever he really got going. He'd jump up on his chair, shirt swinging in the air, yelling, Come to Papa! With more energy than the rest of these old coots could muster up as a collective unit. It didn't feel right robbing him of his money. Sure, he had more than everybody else aboard by an undoubtedly healthy margin, but he also felt like he deserved it more by a margin that was far and away healthier. Nevertheless, the rat had ambition. He heard Big Rod's tales of dream and glory on the stellar seas, and he longed for it, thirsted for it. He wasn't content putting in his time and all retiring as a ripe old gentleman just in time to get a schooner to die on. If you want an omelet, you gotta crack a few eggs. 
and Mr. Reynolds has eggs to spare. The rat had a fondness of saying. But no matter how many times he said it, Marcus's stomach still turned to the thought, and he could tell from a not-at-all-negligible sound that Pickrod's stomach felt similarly about the whole matter. Galgung hadn't been brought into the matter of theft yet. As much as they all trusted him, which is to say not much by most men's standards, they still didn't feel like telling the chief of security about a casual side hustle was exactly the wisest option on the menu. He knew about the ship, and in fact he mentioned it more than any of them. He used to ask Big Rod questions day in and day out, wondering about every last detail, every minor facet. If Galgung's mind was simple, then his dreams were just the opposite. I guess maybe he asked all the details so when the pictures covered his vision at night, he was seeing the ship as closely to reality as it could be. As if that reality was any more real to them than the one where they owned the Lucy. Or at least maybe one where it didn't own them. Will there be carpets below deck? Galgung asked Big Rod on a mid-afternoon break one day. Carpets? Yes, rugs, carpets, something soft to rest your feet on after a hard day's work. Well, I would reckon there might be a little carpeting in the captain's room. Maybe in the crew hall, Big Rod said. But it wouldn't exactly be a pleasure cruiser like this one. Ships of the line like that aren't exactly made with comfort asleep in mind. Well, why shouldn't they be? Galgung said back. It seems like sailors need more rest than anyone. And at that, he released a hearty laugh. Trust his occupation or not, you simply couldn't dislike Galgung. He was the kind of guy who scared off any potential friends with ease from the outset, but being stuck in a room with a guy made it pretty hard to get scared off. A good thing, too. Because if not for that, I'm sure none of them ever would have met Galgung. And he was worth the early fright. He laughed heartily and he laughed often. And he did his best to make you do the same. Although he wasn't exactly a comedian. <laughs> One night he was walking by Deck Reynolds' table and Deck pulled him in by the sleeve and looked at him dead in the eye and cracked a smile. I tell you, I did not know that laughter could be that loud. I swear the whole room was silenced by the collective laughs of Deck and Galgung that night, resounding throughout the limited remaining unoccupied air of the main room. It was, in fact, on that very same night that a second anomaly occurred. Deck had been winning big all of his time aboard the I.S. Lucy, Although to say that he was winning big is like saying that a cannonball to the face is inconvenient. Big Rod had never seen a man so full of confidence and vigor as Deck Reynolds. And apparently, those two things paid off. Galgung had left the floor that night, after having his deep laughing contest with Mr. Reynolds, and had gone to check in with the guard patrols. He made his way to the Admiral's suite above the command deck and noticed curiously that the two guards regularly stationed outside the door were nowhere to be seen. 
Guess one of them could have been in the bathroom, but two was certainly an anomaly. He kept his hand by his waist as he approached the open door to the Admiral's suite that lay at the end of the long hallway from the spiral stairwell. What happened next, we never could get the big fella to say. He wasn't one to talk about sensitive details like that as if they were front page newspaper stories. Maybe he wanted the mystery of the whole thing to increase his reputation. Or maybe just the opposite. Gaogung never did lack attention. Now don't think he would have lacked praise. He liked to do his job and do it well, and preferred if nobody knew any more details than that. What details I do have, however, I'd be happy to share. For one thing, one of the fellers working on the command deck said he swore he heard exactly three thumps hitting the ceiling above him. Something he wasn't particularly accustomed to, seeing as how the stairwell from the command deck to the Admiral suite left a healthy 20-foot gap between the roof of the command deck and the floor of the suite. Stands to reason that whatever made those three thumps hit the ground with, well, let's just say a reasonable amount of force. Galgung returned down the lift, carrying three suddenly sleepy men over one shoulder as he thumped his way towards the brig. Well, the ship didn't have a proper brig. Most of the time when one encountered a rowdy customer, we'd simply lock them up in their room and deposit them at the nearest spaceport. However, the men that Galgung now carried over his shoulder were not passengers. They wore tattered shirts with rolled up sleeves revealing sweat-covered forearms that gleamed under the hallway lights as Galgung walked by the window doors to the main casino floor. Most folks were busy looking at their cards, their drinks, or their pretty acquaintances. But Big Rout had just finished a hand with Dick and happened to be looking at just the right time to see Galgung's lumbering form pass by the glass rectangles in the center of each door. He was bringing those men to the engine room. I don't know how much time you've spent aboard interstellar steamships, but the engine room is not exactly the place where you'd like to spend your time. The primary locomotion of the ship was achieved by coal power, and in order to get enough coal to move a ship of the size, you had to have a pretty big furnace, and it had to be burning pretty darn hot. I can't quite imagine what those men were feeling when they woke up to soaked clothes and sweating brows as they were watching the ship's steam shovelers heaving and hoeing as many black rocks into the mouth of the fiery dragon. But I can say for sure that after that, there weren't no more stowaways aboard the decks of the I.S. Lucy. Naturally, following the thieves' apprehension... There was an investigation by the local port authorities at the next stop. The amount lost in damages was negligible. Scraped tables could be polished and torn curtains could be replaced. The thing that was harder to replace was a must-up pile of chips that lay next to a broken invent cover removed rapidly to access the stash of cash that lay within. When the math had been done and the books had been polished, 
It was found that Dick had won about 800,000 credits in addition to the 300,000 he started with. What remained now within the cold metal paths of the air ducts was a measly 500,000 credits. Less than half of what his total ought to have been. No matter how long they forced those criminals to bear the beaten heat of the engine room, they never said where those chips ended up. They kept swearing that they never hid the chips, that all the ones they'd taken were still in the room where they'd been abruptly stopped in the midst of their pilfering. The authorities, of course, never believed their tall tales. They got yanked off to county jail in the small port town the investigation had taken place at. Conrad himself repaid all the money Mr. Reynolds had lost and filed a claim with insurance to get back all that money and more for himself. I guess the only folks who came out short the other end of this operation were the insurance folks then. And I suppose those poor stowaways who were at the wrong place at the wrong time. The chips, of course, were still aboard the ship, but not in the Admiral's suite. Instead, they hid, filling the pillow of one Mr. Rat in a room full of criminals. Mm-hmm.